Well, folks, today we're filming at a new location because we figured it was the right time for a new beginning. And speaking of that, that means we're also going to be reviewing Friday 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. How do you feel about that, Nick? It's your favorite entry in the series, so I'm expecting you to be excited, enthusiastic. I feel like this is a great day for you. Finally, we get to review the coveted Friday 13th Part 5, Adventures of Roy. How do you feel about this? So... Vic is completely lying to y'all. This is Vic's favorite movie. It's apparent throughout all the episodes where we've fucking bashed this damn movie. He's always there to defend it. He loves Roy as the new Jason. He's sitting there thinking Roy should have been our next main villain in the entire series instead of bringing back Jason. These lies. I don't understand. When I bought the box set... Okay, so there's a couple box sets where I made some changes, right? When I bought the Leprechaun box set, Leprechaun Origins... Threw it in the trash. Gone. Not in the box set anymore. Same. Got the Friday 3 box set. Almost threw part five in the trash. Didn't for one very specific reason. I figured that one day we would probably have to review it. And I'd appreciate having the Blu-ray at that time. But otherwise, it would have been in the trash. But I kept it for this very moment. So again, I always reference the amazing book, Crystal Lake Memories. If you can get your hands on it, it gives a full detailed breakdown of the behind the scenes of every all the entries in the, in the series. So read that for some research here, and yes, our director of part five. So basically the story is final chapter was meant to be the final chapter. All the behind the scenes producers and people behind the scenes claim that they intended it to be the last chapter, but final chapter made so much money that they said, hey, there's still money to be made. That's how Hollywood works. Money to be made. We'll make endless sequels. We'll do 11 Hellraisers and seven Children of the Corns. We'll keep making movies no matter what, if there's a profit coming in. So, they decided to go with a new movie. Unfortunately, they did not bring back Jason. They decided to go in a different direction, which we'll get to. But, the director they hired, porn director. He could have just went right up to the producer and been like, Hey, I'm a porn director. Uh, I don't want to do porn no more, so put, let me do this movie. And then he puts a porn in this damn movie. Well, <laughs> well they even let him come up with the concept of, What do you want to do with the series? And... He came up with the whole concept of Roy, which we'll get to because he's the one, he's the reason for this bullshit. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have you have four movies, you have an iconic killer. I personally would have just brought back the iconic killer, but I guess we wanted to go in a different direction. Or, you know, crazy thought. Um, maybe make our hero from the previous movie. Goes so insane that he starts killing people like they suggested was going to happen at the end of the previous movie. That was just, a, just saying. That was the tease in final chapter was that Tommy would become the killer. That was the bag of goods we were sold. And coming this movie, hey, maybe he will be the killer. I mean, that's what they're going to hint at throughout the movie, even though it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No one gives a shit. It's definitely not Corey Feldman. So the story with that is basically they want Corey Feldman. But he was off doing better things. The man, after final chapter, had grown into a, a great actor and was getting opportunities thrown left to right, including working with Steven Spielberg for The Goonies. And if you have that on your plate and you have Friday 13 Part 5, I'm pretty sure most people are going to pick The Goonies. So he yes. made the right choice. Yes. But even though he's working six days a week on The Goonies, he offered on the seventh day for one day of filming to come and do a little quick cameo. In his backyard. Which, with no no effects, anything, they couldn't even have like a rain machine. They just turn on the, the sprinklers in the backyard to give the effect of rain. And even in the scene, when he filmed, there was no Jason. 
So the director's just telling him, all right, Jason's walking towards you. He's coming at you. React, react. So he actually just, it's literally, they filmed him in the bushes just reacting. And then they filled in the Jason part later on in post-production. So that, that, that explains our opening scene here with the, um, with Tommy, young Tommy having a nightmare and Jason walking up to him and giving Tommy a good nine minutes to run away. Instead, Tommy sits in the bushes. And, and dies. Oh, no. Oh. So I do got a slight issue. Um, There's going to be a minute of those. There's going to be a lot of those, I think. Yeah. Uh, why didn't they just not add that opening to it? Because I'm sorry. I'm not a big fan of Friday the 13th having dream sequences, even though we have them in every single damn movie. I think one of the problems is that when Freddy you, got too popular. Well, no. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, when you have Corey Feldman in the beginning, it sets the bar high because you're like, oh, sweet. We're following Corey Feldman again. And then you immediately cut to no-name, 30-year-old John Shepard. Yeah, and you're like, ooh. I would have liked to have just had more Corey Feldman. So it kind of sets the bar high, and then it pulls the rug out from under you when you cut to Jason Bourne and Tom, Tommy Jarvis. And yeah, I just, out, so. I'm just curious on what movie John Shepard thought he was in, because there's a lot of times when he just beats somebody's ass. Well, he didn't know what movie he was in, because <laughs> the movie had a different working title when he when he auditioned for it, and once he got the part, he found out that it was Friday 13th Part 5. <laughs> what was the title originally? Oh, um... No, it was called something like, like either like premonition or some nition word, premonition, recognition, something like that. Um, so he, domination. He wasn't he wasn't too thrilled because he's actually himself similar to um, Chris from Part Three. He's also a very religious person, so doing a horror movie wasn't really his his cup of tea. But he decided that you know it's good for his career. So just just so everyone knows, if you want to get into acting, horror is probably the only way you're gonna do it. Many, many actors, their first movie is a horror film. And some of them go on to be Johnny Depp or Jamie Lee Curtis. And, and some, some go on to be nothing at all. And others go on to be Ethan Hawke being a villain in a, another horror movie called Black Phone where he's a child murderer and kidnaps kids. That's why he's Ray Cooper. Yeah, they call him the the grabber. Ah, good. We need more. We need new iconic horror people. So and it is set in the 19... 19- 70s or 80s i can't remember which but i know it's set in the earlier decade why aren't we reviewing that instead because we haven't seen it yet (laughs) let's pause this shit go to the theater come back and review that um all right we catch up with adult tommy jarvis 18 year old tommy jarvis it's not only established how old he is but 30 year old tommy jarvis well the actor is definitely 30 but i think the character probably is like 18 ish yeah so i got i got the names of people we meet right here um uh, for one, actually, with that opening scene, the, the uh, dream sequence, I just want to say, I don't think Jason was buried six feet under. With his mask. With his mask. <laughs> on an ice pick and his machete. That would have been some careless burying if you buried him with a weapon. And you didn't even bury him six feet under. H- hello? Damn, Uma Thurman could have broken out of that. Plus, I didn't see lightning strike his grave. No, I mean, neither did I. How'd he come back? He, he just... Smell dumbasses. Like, I want to kill a few more people before I die. So. <laughs> oh, and Tommy. He smelled Tommy. So either way. Where are your deodorant, young Tommy Jarvis? Right. So now we're going to meet. And it took me a while to find out all these characters' names because they just would not say the names of any of these characters. Right. So 
Tommy, Pam, Matt, Reggie, Ethel, Junior, Joey, Violet, Robin, Vic. <laughs> You're in it. Uh, Roy, Eddie, Tina, and Jake. Holy hell. I think that might be the biggest initial cast list in the history of the series. Well, don't get your don't get your panties in a bunch. There's not going to be a whole lot of death for some reason. What? We're not going to be seeing a whole lot, even though we get pretty decent vi- uh, visions of what the aftermath of these deaths look like. You don't get a whole lot. So I'll say this. I mean, this is what the director claims. Apparently the movie was hacked to pieces by the MPA. Oh, yeah. Apparently it's they're, a much more are. graphic movie, but he actually said, he stated in the book that as a result of the MPA, literally half the deaths are off screen. And I think that checks out. Well, yeah. These are mostly off screen kills. Well, yeah, that and that happened with every single Friday the 13th movie, even the very first one. The NPAA does not like these movies. Maybe, but my argument against that is that's fine, but Final Chapter has amazingly graphic deaths, and it went through the same MPA process as this one. Why this one? I just think the deaths were lame because, I mean, clearly a good director can get around that. Final Chapter, same restrictions, same guidelines, still has heads getting flipped around and stuff so that's not an excuse to have all these off-screen lame deaths in my opinion but to be fair they're actually still even though we saw the kills there actually still wasn't a whole lot of blood well that's what i'm saying though that you have to think if you're if you're a horror fan in my opinion blood is one component to a good death scene but with some creativity you can add some other spices there just the makeup feature like if a head gets ripped off i don't need to see Blood squirting out. It's no, still, that's Kill Bill. It's still, yeah, it's still a cool visual. So, and by the way, also the funny thing is too is like everything in the series is way tame compared to what you can get away with now. So it's so funny that at the time it was so restrictive, but <laughs> all the movies are very tame compared to what we've seen since then. Well, that's because there's also a whole lot of horror movies that directors are either doing suspense thrillers to get in the theaters or they just don't care and they want to add all this gore and stuff to it. Even when you saw like the torture movies, Hostel, yeah. stuff like that. Apparently if those movies came on the 80s, they would have been hacked to pieces. But now oh, Mary, they, they can do anything. Try watching Saw in the 1980s. It's not possible. It'd be hacked to pieces. No, but... It'd be, uh, it'd be sawed to pieces. So I just want to mention this one thing for just save it in your mind for the end. Joey is an orphan. Joey's an orphan. He doesn't know his dad. Uh, his dad apparently is a piece of shit. Doesn't like his son. Uh, so we'll we'll save that for a later day. Did you have the experience when I was growing up? I turned this movie on in the middle of the Joey scene where he's talking to his, his flatmates and he's going to go talk to Victor. And I started watching from that point as a kid. And I honestly had no idea that this was a Friday the 13th movie. I was just like, hey, what is this movie about? It feels... This scene... Feels like a whole different movie. Yeah. And it's a weird setup and payoff because I just don't think Joey deserves what happens to him. Well, Vic just lost his damn mind. Yeah, but it, uh, a damn. I mean, the, see, him offering him a candy bar triggered him that hard? Yes. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. I've offered you items that you've turned down. I'm surprised you didn't kill me with an axe. I hacked you to pieces? Yeah. You, you felt like that would have been justified. If well, you, you wouldn't me... have been justified. I'm just saying, every time I've accidentally offered you pork, I'm surprised you haven't tried to kill me yet. Oh, it's coming. Well, I never have, <laughs> I never have an axe in my hand when you offer it. So, <laughs> um, and I usually take the, take it away before you actually start eating it. 
Now, I don't know if the director, I don't know if the, knowing what's going to happen, did the actor playing Joey make a choice to try to be as annoying as possible to make it seem like, hey, he's being annoying, so Victor's going to kill him? Because to me, he's, I don't think he's annoying. He's just, he's a very eccentric personality, Joey. I wouldn't say annoying. I'd say he's overly friendly because he obviously wants to he's outgoing he's obviously he's overly friendly yeah be honest he's what Shelly could have been to get Vera because he's because he's overly friendly but he's also slightly he has that confidence you were talking about yeah but he also has like chocolate hanging from his lips and stuff so. well yeah I mean, Shelly, if he wiped the chocolate away I think yeah but give Shelly his personality <laughs> not not the what not his actions but his personality just outgoing this yeah he would have him and Vera either would have been extremely good friends or they would have been together by well, the end well you feel movie. bad for him because he makes a speech to the girls about you know no to, he makes a speech to Victor about hey you know I didn't feel accepted anywhere and now I came here and I like it here and stuff Makes this whole speech only to get hacked to pieces. Like, what the hell, man? Like, you almost would have seen, you would have almost liked somebody else to get hacked to pieces and stay with Joey's character a little bit longer. Well, to be honest with you, it's interesting. To be honest with you, Vic gives him the warning because he's when he cuts the damn when he cuts everything, he screams, "Leave me alone!" And he's looking at him with those crazy eyes, been like, "Okay." And well, he, and he, he leaves him, though. He turns to leave. He's like, all right, Victor, I'm going to remember this, but don't. I'm going to take my candy bar elsewhere. He turns to leave, and as he's leaving, that's what's so crazy. Then Victor decides, oh, he's leaving. Now I'm going to hack him in the back. Well, that's because he... That was wrong. That's because he had to... Kill him up front. <laughs> not, no, that's because Joey decided to get angry with him. It's like... He Joey, didn't get angry. He just he said... Got angry. He said, all right, Vic, you, you did this, and I'm not going to forget this. He's very Vic, lightly. But the way Vic was, with how Vic, angry Vic was, if the only acceptable option for him at that point, with him having a sharp-ass axe, turn around and walk away. If he had nothing, then, it, okay, what is he going to do? Beat you to death. By the way, what <laughs> kind of place What kind of place is this where they the, give a man an axe? A mentally like, unstable man. Yeah, like, who thought, like, okay, the... the the, the the backyard activities. You guys, you go watch you girls go wash the clothes. Victor, you chop the wood with the axe. Who thought that? Like, there's some liability for me. There's some liability on the lack of supervision and the terrible management. The decision to, hey, this unstable big psychotic guy, give him a, give him an axe. Let Joey go roam the yard and annoy him. It's just if if he was an orphan, if there was parents, they would sue the shit out of this place. Take it for all the money. It probably doesn't have money, but they would sue the shit out of this place because what? give him an axe, seriously. Yep. And what's funny is, was I think Ethel and well, Ethel even said that it's like these guys are all loony. Why the hell are they allowed to just roam? Why the hell are they allowed to have all this stuff? Even though yeah. she was saying it with very more colorful words. Ethel had a point. I mean, <laughs> she didn't really express it in the proper way, but she had, <laughs> she had a point. She even t- she says like they come in my yard, I'm gonna shoot them. And what makes me? And to be honest. I'm starting to think she's annoyed by the two people always fucking in her yard, but she's also probably scared of the few that could be dangerous. I think, okay, yeah, people are already trespassing her yard, and now she's like, well, also people are getting murdered here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Like, anybody who lives in this town, is going to find out, is about to be screwed because of this stupid place. Well, hell, the next two that die, Pete and Vinny, they're not even from the town. Yeah, they're they're from whatever. They're, jo- they're joking about it the whole time. They're from wherever town the Fonz is from. So. <laughs> they're from Greece. They're from a whole different movie. <laughs> Literally, they have no place in this movie. So. Yeah. So uh, and they start 
uh, making jokes about the about the damn Joey's death. Well, even Pete even tells them, "Well, they should all die. They're all crazy lunatics. They don't they don't do anything for society. Kill them all." That was probably the wrong thing to say because I guess Roy was in the back listening in. Well, we should mention we didn't mention Roy cleaning up Joey's body. Yeah, Roy got to that phase. It's like, oh well, either he's not either he's new to the job, he's not used to seeing dead bodies, or this is going to be very important later. This one little look. Well, the look sells it, I think, because then you <clears throat> cut from that look to these guys getting killed. Yeah, after bashing Joey. And there's nothing wrong with this death scene specifically, but it introduces something in the movie that just annoys me. It's going to keep happening. And you know my pet peeve. It's the introduce. In- introduce characters just to be cut off a minute later. That's not how you build characters. That's not how you do a proper slasher movie. That's just That means that you're just saying, hey, the audience is stupid. They just care about body count. They don't want anything. No, they want nothing more than just random people dying. Nobody likes watching random people die. So, you need story to it. So I just wish Vinny would have gotten a worse death than just getting his throat slit because uh, he was annoying when he came back. Yep. From from his piss, just sitting there constantly. Keep why did to... he not notice his friend like sprawled out on the, on the damn hood like that? And also, why did the car just randomly start? Like was it even though his friend was dead, was he still like actually doing something to the car? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, zombie Pete's fucking with the car. It was the car from Christine. So oh, okay. The car was alive. So. Okay. Well, then why didn't that car beat J- beat the shit out of Jason? Even the car was scared of Jason. Well, he thought it was Jason, but if he knew it was someone else, maybe he wouldn't be scared. But. Well, I mean, to be fair, I don't even think this guy had, Roy had a mask yet because they they refused to show the face, the whole body. Since they're talking to him as if he can see somewhat of skin. But you can't tell exactly who it is because so, the flare in his face. So don't you think it would have made sense, a very clever thing, if because these guys were out of towners, but they know about the history of the town, that they had a Jason mask in the car for whoever the killer is to find the mask. Even if you, even if they're saying that this is Jason, he still needs his mask. Find the mask in the back of the car after he kills him. Somebody puts the mask on and we're like, oh shit, it's Jason. We're off to the races. So that make that would be a little nice thing there. Actually. So to be fair, I would have that that is true, but I still feel like he didn't find the mask in their car. I think he found the mask in the other car, that the next two people he kills. Sure, I'm just saying have him find the mask. Period. Right. Because where this is funny. If all the if all these murders happen in this town, like are they selling the mask at a local store? Like, Probably. I don't think so. They would be. But look at Scream. Woodsboro's still selling Ghostface stuff. Yeah, that's pretty stupid too. <laughs> I don't think that all oh, that whole thing makes no sense to me. I don't think towns where those like, like like massacres happen. I don't think they celebrate like horror movies are like yeah, you know they kind of act like it's a, a badge of honor for the town. I don't think towns celebrate that stuff in that way where it's like hey, Jason killed all these people. Come buy his mask at our local shop. Like, I don't think it is that way, but it's more respectful, I think, but maybe not. Oh, yeah, well, Tommy beats up Eddie. (laughs) But we also have to establish that Tommy is... A badass. A badass with... Apparently, between being a kid and now, he's trained in every single martial arts discipline there is. Yeah, he could probably take on uh, Keanu Reeves. If this Jason thing, if he gets past this Jason thing... I think he's about to be like a John Claude Van Damme and Lionheart. He's about to go around towns and just beat up people, get up people, and have win bets and stuff. So yep. So uh, anyway, two more random deaths happen. Every time they introduce new characters just to be killed off, I get more and more pissed <clears> off <throat> because 
again, you're just saying basically the formula is just random deaths, and it's not even like Jason on screen killing them. It's just stupid. Well, we do get an axe in the girl's abdomen. It's it's not fun if you don't know the character. It's just at that point, it's just it's like it's really stupid. Right. Well, so we get. So after these two more deaths, uh, the mayor is talking to the cop and says, Jason was cremated. So I guess we're never going to see Jason again in our whole lives. Cremated. Cremated. That's why. And that one line makes the next movie makes this not going to be canon in part six. So we'll come back to that later. But yeah, I mean, it's the mayor of the town. Yeah. I mean, and something actually that's smart to cremate Jason because, hey, he's already taken an axe to that. So. So now we get another random death plus the deaths after the porn scene, Tina and Eddie. Which Tina, I want to say, her last name is Voorhees. Really? Yeah, her real life last name is Voorhees. Oh, real life. Okay. In the movie, that would have been interesting to have her last name be Voorhees. No, because then... in real life, her name was Voorhees. And I think that's the only reason she got hired because, yeah. Huh. Okay. I buy it. And this is also where my wife walked out because she started getting uncomfortable. <laughs> They're like, this. the director's like, this is like a really elaborate porn scene he's doing. Like I, I think it even got, got cut down from where it was. It was, but because it got graphic. But it made the actors uncomfortable, the editor uncomfortable. Mm. So everybody was like, didn't have a good impression of the director from that first day. Oh hell no, I wouldn't have either. It'd be like, uh, I thought I was here to edit a horror movie, not porn. Yeah, and it was a weird choice to make that the first day of filming. Usually. You would ease into something like that later on when everybody's comfortable, but to make that the first day had to be awkward as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman who plays Pam, she especially hates the director because the director, like, apparently was just mean on set too. So. Mm. Well, anyway. he's used to porn. Yeah, I mean, those women can be divas. Yeah, so there. Uh, but anyway, so now we get to meet Demon and Anita. Demon looks like he's like living a, a life of adventure. He's probably like on the road with his girlfriend, living out the van, doing concerts or something. It looks like he's living the life, but he's stopped in town to say hello to his little brother. His little brother. Little brother. So it actually pisses me off that him and his girlfriend get killed, because they seem like the coolest older brother that everybody would want to have, right? So. Well, before we get to their deaths, uh, Tommy versus Junior. I bet this is going my to money's be... on Junior. My money is on not John Shepard because that because on the faraway shots you can clearly tell Jason Bourne. That is not John Shepard. I you know guy's too big. His hair's too different. Here it, here's my frustration. I don't mind you setting up Tommy Jarvis as this fucking badass, right? This dude can kick some ass, right? Mm-hmm. I hope that comes into play when he confronts Jason later on in the movie. I hope that pays off. No, I need him to kick Jason's ass. Demon and Anita die. Even though they're still the same exact setup of just introduce characters randomly to die. Why did Roy kill them? It seems like Roy... I mean, it's hard to psychologically analyze Roy because none of this makes any sense. Well, at least the first two random-ass deaths somewhat made sense to the situation. The first two, they were making fun of what happened with Joey. Kills him. Yeah. The other one is most likely the guy that dropped Joey there. Killed him. The girl just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sure, I mean, but the thing is, like... But these two... He specifically should be mad at the people who live at the house and the management. They're all responsible... Especially the management. They're responsible for your son's death. These random kills of people just floating by makes no sense. You're saying the guy is, like... You're taking away his revenge motive, and you're just saying he's just randomly crazy. Like, the more random people he kills, the less 
you even like think about this as a revenge story. You think of this as like just some random ass serial killings. I guess the ram deaths are supposed to be still, they're still pushing the idea that maybe Tommy's the killer. So maybe they're going with that. But when you figure out who the killer is, then retroactively, when you look back, the deaths make no sense. Well, how about we get to Junior and Ethel's death? Hilarious. Especially Junior's. Yeah, but is that even possible? <laughs> well, one, yeah. If he's... One, 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 how accurate do you have to be with one slice, though? Because think about how fast the moped's moving, right? Think about like how that actually would work as it happens in real time. So I can easily tell you because Junior was just riding around in circles. Yeah. So he most likely passed that spot multiple times. He gave Roy long enough the amount of times it took him to do it. He's like, okay, so when he hits that spot, I swing, and then he'll just ride right into the axe. My understanding is that to cut someone's head off is actually like a really like hard swing axe whatever right you don't need to do it when he's go- driving 20 miles an hour right into it yeah but you have to be very accurate though where you place it though. that's all i'm saying yeah, then it's, I they, they, it's not like a it's not like his neck is this big 10 feet thing like he has to like he's hiding behind a tree as and he doesn't become visible from the tree just the thing becomes visible so that's gotta be that's think about that he's not even looking as he does it He's he's not even looking at the target coming towards him. He just does it, and it cleanly swipes off his head. I mean, obviously, it's a movie, so it's not going to be... But if you think about logistics, that shit would be very difficult to be behind the tree hiding, not looking, and just randomly put it out there, and it cleanly lops off the head. As you said, it wouldn't have cleanly lopped off his head, but he would be dead. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. To me, it, it would make more sense if like half his head got cut off, and then he falls off the bike, but... For his head to fly off like that just didn't make any sense. But well, how about we get to Ethel's death? Where all it, I can't remember what exactly happened to Ethel. Well, first of all, she's making the worst stew or soup of slop. She's That's making exactly what she calls imagine it. Imagine having imagine having that for dinner every night. Apparently, Damn. Junior likes it. Now, I'm glad Junior died because he avoided having that for dinner. So she's throwing everything in the damn kitchen, everything except the kitchen sink in this motherfucking slop. Uh, so Ethel, basically, uh. An, uh, an axe comes through okay. an axe comes through the kitchen window and gets her in the head so. and then she falls in her slop and she deserves to fall in her slop because it's some sloppy shit okay so here's the question why did the truck miraculously die before they get back did they just not check for gas yes oh <laughs> um hey Pam you should never you should not drive a truck <clears throat> so is it me or the team characters here have no characters, no story, nothing. It's very, 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 very... It's probably the least developed teen characters in the entire well, series. Well, yeah, because we barely spend any time with them. Most of the time, it's with Tommy or Pam. Yeah. Or damn, uh, or, or just random out of well, town or just getting killed. Well, think about how part four had such a good balance of the teens versus the, the Trish-Tommy storyline. Well, you cut back and forth all the time. This movie, like I said, the, the teens are so underdeveloped. Like, again, think about I, many, I want to care about them slightly when Jason starts to kill them, but we don't get that well, here. Think about how many characters are in this versus how many characters were in that. All In part four, you had pretty much the perfect amount of characters that keep the kills coming, but also keep your uh, characters developing. So, yeah, this movie wastes so much time with these random kills that time could easily be used to develop your characters that you have, but mm-hmm. you get... Okay, so at the end, it's going to be, of course, Jason slash Roy coming to kill everybody at the house. But honestly, 
these better be some great like visual death scenes because you don't care about the characters. They're not. So how about they're pretty so lazy. I do want to say Jake gets somewhat of a character. He wants to sleep with Robin. Yeah, but we've seen that character like five thousand times. Yeah, but he's a stutterer. I I, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, apparently, you kill him. <laughs> For, well, first you have the girl just laugh in his face. Yeah. Even though later on she laments it and kind of and I guess kind of wants to be with him. Uh, but either way, then he goes and tries to talk to the other girl. I forgot her damn name. Either way. Violet? Yes. Thank you. Goes to talk to Violet, but she's like, can this wait? It's like, uh. And then he just walks away. He's like, well, if it can't wait, go in there, turn it off and be like, I need to talk to you. But instead, he just walks away and lets Jason kill him. Yeah. Jason's in the house, by the way. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, this next, like, five, ten minutes, outside of Violet's entertaining dancing, nothing else really stood out to me. <laughs> um, yeah, because then oh, Robin's death, a uh, very bad Kevin Bacon kill. And then Violet's death, which... I want I, that song. Oh, well, yeah, I mean... I need to find that song. Actually. The song is good, but her dancing is like... she's doing like, She's doing, like, the robot, and she's doing, like... The most generic like eighties dancing. Yeah, it's weird. And then and um and Jason comes in a room, hides in the closet for a second, comes back out, and then you have the most lazy basic he holds her up and stabs her. Like it's the most lazy death. We've seen that death five thousand times in the series. Yeah, but at least even we'll... even in part four we had the the same kind of death except He goes he, down with He it. rips down, like so unimaginative this movie is with the deaths. I don't understand. Now so Oh, yeah. So now we get to Reggie and Pam having their pretty much their dead body relay. They well, well, That was actually kind of funny. I well, say. Reggie goes uh, goes up to the door. He doesn't even need to go in. He sees the bodies. Pam, on the other hand, I guess she's blind. Yep. She has to go all the way in and wait for a lightning flash. She never contacts in. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we just hear a scream. I'm like, uh, if Reggie can see them, because they're on Tommy's bed. Why they're all in Tommy's room? I don't know. Just why Roy wouldn't give a shit. He would probably honestly Roy would probably be the one just to leave them where they lie. Let's no, th- except Robin. I guess Robin's was pretty funny. Speaking of Roy, let's talk about Jason busting through the door without a running start this time. This is the first non-running start he busts through that door with. I mean, it's impressive. And completely unrealistic. Yeah, I know Roy's in good shape, but uh, not to that point. That is Jason's shape right there. That ain't Roy's shape. Yeah, because remember, this movie is telling you that it's not Jason. We're thinking that it's either Tommy or, or somebody else. So, I mean, a normal human being, yes, you can kick the door down. That makes sense. Or you can get a running head start and like burst through the door shoulder first. But this Jason just walks through the door like, Jason from part four. Which, by the way, no, Jason from part four ran through that door. Yeah. Because you can tell when he stopped, he actually had to physically stop himself from slamming into the but wall. It, and it felt believable. Yeah. This one just felt like... No. What, you, you, if, you're, if this is not Jason, why is he still superhuman? I don't understand. Here's a question. Do you, you do remember Roy's partner, right? We never talked about him, but he was there with him when he picked up Joey. And the one who was like, come on, Roy, get your hands wet. Yeah, he's he's dead. He's dead. He's um, dead. randomly, I think his throat was slit. Well, yeah, but 
He was a dead man once he was talking shit over. Joe Matt's Biden. dead. The one character we really should have gotten a damn death scene with. So annoyed. Which actually, I know we, I know we skipped over Eddie's death scene. So going back to after the porn, uh, Eddie's death scene. So he gets the belt wrapped around his eyes, and then the twig actually twists. Now that was pretty decent. The one for, creative death, I would say. The problem is. If you pay attention, you'll see with one shot, he's going one way. The next shot, he's going the complete other way. <laughs> it's like, uh, guys. Who, who's steering this ship, man? <laughs> what the hell? This ship is going right right for the iceberg. Now, it, it was creative, but at the same time, another thing is, according from some of the people that's done this, I think Mythbusters also did this, or someone who, rep, who liked Mythbusters, he said he tried that with a dummy. And the belt actually breaks before you can crush its skull. Damn. Still a creative kill, but uh, make sure you get your continuity right within two minutes of each other. Is that asking too much? I think so. Probably. So Matt's dead. He's strung up like Jesus. Not really. Just has something in his head. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, if you're going to be like, hey, of all the off-screen kills, maybe he felt like one of the more main characters. So uh, George is dead. And he, honestly, I think they just took the makeup off the girl who got her eyes cut off with the uh, shears and slapped them on his. This annoyed me because Reddy's grandfather probably was two months away from retirement. The man just wanted to move to an island and live the rest of his life. And old Jason slash Roy's got to come and kill his pension plan. All right. So now we're getting our, ru- our chase scene. It's starting to rain as per Jason movies. And... Pam falls to her knees and refuses to get up. <laughs> well, hey, I mean. Um, lady, you're being chased. I know it's wet, but. She gave uh, up. You, you, yeah, she gave up. She should be dead. I would have been happy watching her die at that point. But no, Reggie had to show up, run her over to hit Jason, and somehow still survive. Yeah, I always say that. Between parts one, two, three, and four, every movie did a good job of getting a better chase scene with each movie. And that streak stops with this movie. <laughs> this is by far the worst chase scene, if you want to call it that, since part one. And let me just say one thing. Reggie is the fastest kid ever because Jason would never have caught him with how fast Reggie's running. I'm, yeah, I, Reggie there's no, Reggie's the safest guy in this movie, <laughs> so. but, but Pam is a, a weak She's a weak um, final girl compared to what we've seen them. Previously. So now we get our chainsaw versus machete. Um, either that chainsaw was not on and Pam's just really good at starting a chainsaw with one hand. Or uh, the chainsaw was technically supposed to be on and she was waiting. And Roy should have heard the motor running on that chainsaw. So I was reading the behind the scenes and the, the actress who plays Pam. She did say the chainsaw was legitimately 100 pounds. So she was like... She's her struggling with it's like real. It's like actually really heavy. Oh, that part doesn't bother me. Um, the fact that we're supposed to believe she starts it as she comes out of there. It's like, no, there is no starting that as you're running out. It probably takes two or three times just to get it started in the first place. Yeah, true. Forget about that though. Let's think of, let's talk about this. The moment I've been waiting for the epic fight scene between Tommy and Jason. Here we are. Because Tommy shows up in the barn, and now we get to see his fighting skills, all his his different disciplines, black belt, uh, green belt, red belt. This man is about to tear Jason limb to limb with his bare hands, man. 
Jason cuts him in the chest. What? And what? then J- and then and then he falls. You forgot about Jason walking towards him for seven minutes. As Tommy says, no, Jason, don't do it, Jason. Don't walk towards me for seven minutes and then slash me. What the hell, man? I've seen this man kick many of asses in this movie, but now the one the one ass he should be kicking, he just freezes up. He, he does stab him. Yeah, I, eventually he snaps back into, oh, hey, well, I'm about, to be, I'm about to die. I got a pocket knife right here and I'll stab him in the leg. What? Also, how how did these characters hide so fast when they got up there? Because Roy was right on their asses. Left Tommy there. Tommy did. But Reggie and Pam just, bye, bitch. Well, the thing with Roy, too, is like, I mean, at this point, we know now the reveal, this is not, Tommy's not the killer, so we know the killer is somebody else. We don't, we know it's not Jason, I'm guessing, so. But whoever this killer is, he still has a high tolerance of pain. He gets stabbed in the leg. He's still walking, climbing up the ladder. Remember, he's been somewhat eviscerated from the damn bobcat running into him. Yeah, now you're running into a problem of like, Again, this movie wants to have its cake and eat it, too. It's like, hey, you're a normal guy, but you're going to act exactly like zombie Jason, and you're going to have all zombie Jason's super strength and his... Because he walks like fucking zombie Jason, not like the old Jason. He's, he's like the prototype for the new Jason. We're going to see them in the next couple movies. Well, so we get our climax. It's boring. Roy falls. He dies. Oh, look, it's Roy. I don't think it's clearly done... To where you can see, like, you see, like, a face of somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But if if I'm watching the movie for the first time, I'm like, who is that? Like, the Roy thing is a really badly done whodunit. Well, that's why they had to then have the cop come in and say, oh, yeah, it was Roy this whole time. Uh, Joey was apparently his son. I don't know why he never told us. Like, that because raised... the movie didn't even know until this yeah, point. <laughs> no, I mean, look, that raises so many questions that makes the whole movie make no sense. I swear, I, I get the feeling this part, Joe, the Joey Roy connection, I don't think that was actually a thing until the end when they were like, well, how? why did Roy start killing people? Oh, we no, need to find out. No, I was reading the behind the scenes. The director talked about it. He was like, that was always the plan. But he was like, at the end, he tried, he's like, basically at the end, when they reveal his face, he was like, he edited away, basically, he tried to move on very quickly to get back to Tommy and Pam to, like, just be like, the audience be like, hey, uh, don't think too hard about this. Let's just, like, get up, move move ahead, basically. Because even he felt like it was a weak payoff, pretty much. Because, it, again, well, if, it, I mean, if it was Roy and it's like, okay, well, first of all, yes, why didn't you tell him that? Why didn't you tell your son that, that you're the father? And then why is all your random killings have nothing to do with your son's death? Here's a real question. Um, if this director knew that there was a weak payoff, why didn't he do something about it? I think because once, once he committed that direction and you film the first half of it, it's like, well, you have nothing else you can do. I mean, unless you make Tommy the killer, but you've already filmed scenes where that, I don't think that would make sense. I still feel, or make Vic the fucking killer. Literally, yeah. Vic, ju- Vic already lost his shit and killed one person. Who's to say he doesn't continue losing his yeah, shit and but, killing more? But we saw Vic <clears throat> taken to jail, so... He could have killed the cop. Oh, I don't think Vic is, like, Superman. The cop has a I movie. mean, you put on the mask, you become Jason. Well, at least give us a Vic death scene, though. <laughs> of all the people Roy didn't kill, how the hell did Vic survive this movie? Well, because Vic- he's sitting across from me doing a podcast. <laughs> After this movie ends, you know who's laughing his ass off? Vic, Vic is in his cell with the newspaper being like, oh shit. 
The dude took revenge and killed everybody except me. This is the greatest day ever. Vic's laughing his ass off. He's the true winner of this movie. How did, how did, the, how did the writer forget about the fact that the guy that actually killed his son never shows up in the movie again? How stupid is that? So I do got a, a bunch of questions for this editing. How is the mask and knife in the room? Did Tommy kill Pam? No one gives a fuck. The ending is what could have been a decent slasher into a shitty movie. All right. Mask in the room. Some friendly nurse brought Tommy his mask. I don't know. Here, Tommy. This ain't Jason's mask, so you can have it. Tommy the killer. Well, basically, you're ripping off the ending of part four. And instead of paying off the ending of part four, you want to just reset the cycle back to where you tease Tommy as a killer again? Yes. That's some cry wolf bullshit. I'm not buying it this time. <laughs> and I hate this movie for even using that as a... It's it's the same ending from part four used again from part five. No, yeah, the ending made what could have been a decent slasher, and I'm talking about the whole ending from pretty much climax to here, made what could have been a decent slasher into a shitty-ass movie. I think arguably opposite. I think all that would actually make Tommy not become Jason. <laughs> it's like he's defeated Jason twice, basically, now. Why would he become Jason? Because he wants an unbeatable Jason. He's like, these... These other Jasons can't get the job done. I got to take over. And then he kills Pam because, you know, we never see Pam again. She's never heard of again. Um, So I'm assuming Tommy actually kills Pam and then gets taken to an insane asylum where in part six he escapes with his friend Haas and goes and fight Jason again. That's incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Pam actually was signed on for the sequel, but... Really? Yeah. Why wasn't she there then? So basically it it was a package deal though. Once... Once the actor, so him, her and the actor from part five, they wanted them both to come back. And once the, once the Tommy actor didn't come back, then they didn't want to bring her back for whatever reason. So she's, she could have still acted with Tom Mathers, Matthews. I, I think that it was before the script was written because once the script was written, then they would go on to ignore part five completely. So Okay, well, anyway, so how about we get to our categories? Oh, thank goodness. This yeah. should be an easy one for us. Best performance. Actually, this one's going to be hard. Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> when I think about what stands out, what's memorable about the movie. Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> he's funny. He has a decent amount of quips. He actually he's, shows some acting prowess. He's smart. This man operates heavy machinery and takes out Jason. And runs. Runs top speed. He's not doing that, hey, I'm in a horror movie. I'm going to like fall and blah, blah. This man runs to the woods like, like a track meet. Um, Reggie's definitely... And actually, the the actor, I mean, I don't know if you remember, he went on to be in, like, Family Matters. He was, like, in a, um, a reoccurring role there. I he was um, Family Matters in so long. He was Eddie and Waldo's friend. Okay. And, uh, and uh, he showed up maybe, like, at least five, ten episodes. Okay. I, um, but he's, he's a pretty good actor, so. Anyway, so, uh, worst performance. Um, wow, there's so many choices there. I'm going with Pam. She, I mean... By far, to be honest, she's not the worst. I just don't like what they did with her at the very end, especially when she falls. Like, you're telling me this woman, who's supposed to be smart, by the way, can't think of, hey, get the fuck up off the ground and run. Yes, you slide, but what? what's what's one of the, the uh, motivational people always tell you? Yes, you fall, but the best way to survive is to get up and run. Yeah. I'm going to do something different. Worst performance, the director. This movie is so poorly made to me, and I'd blame the director. Like, I can't blame Pam because 
she's being instructed what to do by some dumbasses. She was written a stupid part, and the directors, like you mentioned the thing about before about um, when Reggie comes out with the tractor. Yeah, it makes it look like she he would have to run over Pam to get to Jason. Yeah, and they don't clearly establish that she got out the way. Really, mm-hmm. that's just bad directing. Like, ah, oh. what's bad is something tells me if this guy was a hundred percent his element, didn't have to worry about a rating, the ending would have been her and Jason, her and Roy getting together. Oh to, my god, to save Reggie, that would have been the ending. That sounds like even a worse movie. Well, we are talking about a porn director here. Yeah, I mean, look. All right, let's move on to this. <laughs> you have nothing to say. I'll, I'll wait to the final thoughts at this point. <clears throat> okay, um, best scene. Um, the scene with Demon, I think. I think Demon's Kill is at least fun. And, I mean, it's a shitty way to go out, literally. Yeah, for me, I'm going <laughs> to say Joey's death. Just because if we, it, the movie definitely starts off with letting us know, hey, you could be watching a better movie because the movie's not bad up until the Jason shit starts. And then all of a sudden it just right. gets stupid. I'm like, but you started off actually pretty decently. Well, you think about that Joey scene, they're establishing the characters, mm-hmm. doing a good job, you're getting to know everybody. And then you get Vic killing. I was like, okay, so this should be our killer. He's already unhinged. He's somewhat. He, he looks like he's in shape. He could be able to do. If they literally switched out Vic for uh, Roy for Vic, I don't think a whole lot of this movie would have been able to change. No, it's fine, but it's just that. Um, and they and you wouldn't get the stupid ass ending of saying, "Yeah, well, Roy and Joey were uh, father and sons." Like you don't need that. You just need. Why did Vic do this? Like, well, apparently he was bipolar or schizophrenic. If they went that direction, what I would have done is I would have had. I would have had Roy, I would have had Vic establish him as a hothead, but don't have don't have him kill Joey yet. Have Tommy get there, and then um, I would just go ahead and have because Tommy had brought his mask. Mm-hmm. I would have somebody from the place to make it a real whodunit. Somebody has stolen a mask from Tommy's room. We don't know which of the people have done it, but we know that Vic's a hothead. And then you start the killings, and then you have a real whodunit because somebody who lives there took his mask and is killing people. Now it's an actual mystery, mm-hmm. and we don't know. Maybe Tommy himself is just saying his mask is stolen. So beautiful. Now Vic is the killer in school. The Who Done It? There is no Who Done It because they make it obvious that it's Roy at the beginning, and then he just doesn't kill Vic, which is the dumbest thing. Ever. <laughs> All right. So since we also just got done talking about what we want to change, because even in my best scene, I said what I wanted to change. So well, we didn't do the worst scene though. Diner scene for me. Worst scene is the diner scene. Because it's so random. It's so poorly done. Just take it out the movie. There's a lot you could take out the movie. Um, This movie is the worst scene for me. <laughs> What's that? that is a cheat, cheating answer. Oh, I can't say that? Okay. The, I mean, it's true, but... The, yes. the reveal for Roy. The, the Roy, Why Roy... Roy's motivation. That is the worst scene for me because it makes no damn he sense. He doesn't have motivation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... And this son that you that is estranged from you that you've shown no care for. So why did, why then do you care enough to actually start killing people for? It make more sense if he actually was like a loving father and his son died who mm-hmm. he, he had a relationship with. That would send a father over the edge. But to send him over the edge of a son that apparently wanted nothing to do with doesn't just make any logical sense. Right. 
So, anyway, now for our final thoughts. And I'm sure he never paid child support. So. <laughs> well, he's an orphan, so. Supposedly. Allegedly. Well, he's a dead orphan now, so. Anyway, so, final thoughts. Uh, fuck this movie. The movie is, it starts off with a pretty decent premise. Starts off with our situation. Problem is, it goes way downhill from there. From random kills of people we don't give a shit about. To not getting get to know any of our characters. To Tommy freezing up to the fight scene. And then the just very lackluster and pathetic whodunit ending that we're supposed to give a shit for. We don't. Nope. The only thing, the only good thing about this movie, honestly, would be... Not the porn scene, but after the porn scene, the Tina's death and Eddie's death, because they were both either they were graphic or they were just cringeworthy, where it makes you like, I don't want that happening to me. Right. So overall, this movie's only going to get a half a star from me, because I'm probably never not going to watch this again if I don't have to. This movie takes the worst of all the elements of the series you could think of. Bad characters, off-screen kills, incoherent storyline... No continuity even within its own movie. As you said, stuff happens two minutes after something happens that doesn't make sense. Bad directing. Yeah, I don't want to blame... I feel like the actors, if they were given more material, maybe could have done better, but just given a bad script. Um, I can't get past the random kills of people you don't care about. Should have focused more on just Tommy and his internal struggle and developed that more. The whodunit aspect, whodunit aspect is done terribly. Overall, this movie has really no value. If if you're watching the series, you don't lose anything by going from part four directly to part six. There's nothing here really that... There's no standout scenes even that I can recommend to go back on YouTube and watch. Nothing here is really good. So I'm going to go with what you're saying, man. I'm going to second that half a star. Uh, for me, this movie almost shouldn't exist. So There's no almost, dude. It just shouldn't <laughs> exist. Anyway, everyone... Uh, as always, you don't have to go home. You got to get out of here because our battery is dying and...